0: Um, all right, good morning. Uh, my name is Melvin. So one of the, uh, the uh, teaching pastors here. And uh, welcome to our Winter Sunday School uh, series. It's just a short series. Uh, the month of January. Um, leading up to what we hope will be uh, not just a teaching on prayer, but where we learn about prayer by praying. Um, so uh, on February the 4th, um, February the 4th, we are actually going to turn our Sunday school time into a time of prayer. Now, I know some of y'all have maybe different experiences of what that is, and you're like, are we going to have a prayer meeting? My experience of prayer meeting has not been great. Um, we, we hope this would be different, um, not because we're not going to be praying, but also, but maybe we're going to do it in a little bit different way, a little bit more directed way. Um, but also in ways that probably would, we, we hope would actually um, encourage you to pray beyond just our Sunday school time. Um, but also kind of to grow our, uh, grow our church uh, to be what we would uh, desire to be a praying church. Um, and so, so, so basically we've got this week and then next week of course we are, during our Sunday school time we'll have our vision breakfast that we normally do in the winter. And then we'll do one more class together on the 28th. And on, on February 4th, uh, we, will do it, uh, we will do what we call our, um, our prayer event. Uh, I haven't come up with a cool name yet, so you can help me with that. All right, right, we'll just go to a prayer event. All right, um, but a lot of what we're talking about comes from uh, this book, um, A Praying Church, uh, by Paul Miller. Um, he, if you're familiar with Paul Miller, he wrote the book called A Praying Life. Um, but this one is specifically... Uh, sort of written for um, the church uh, as it pertains to prayer. All right. So um, I've also have up there on the um, on the slide on the, on the, on the on the slide. I actually have. Uh, he actually does. He actually has a podcast called Seeing Jesus with Paul Miller. Um, and I actually went back and I dug through and I actually found the dates uh, where over 16 weeks they actually walked through uh, 16 podcast episodes. They actually walked through the book. So you know, if you are, if that's kind of your deal, uh, you know, you don't, you really don't like doing the print thing, uh, but you actually like listening, um, and you also like cheating because you don't want to read, you know, 400 pages. Um, that's that's a good one. That's that that, that that's you know, that's that's. Uh, I commend that to you. It actually they actually do a good job. It's, it's great. So, and then the third book I have up there is called Praying the Bible, um, uh, by Donald Whitley. And Donald Whitney actually he's written this book. It's not a very. It's actually a very very sh- uh, short book. Um, sorry, I don't have a print version of it. Um, but just as a kind of a teaser, that's actually what we are actually going to be doing most of on February the 4th, uh, during our prayer time together. Um, We're actually going to pray the Bible for one another. Okay? So, um, so we'll see how it goes. All right, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, but I hope that that would actually be uh, refreshing. Um, taking the words of scripture, uh, putting it in our mouth, and praying it back to God uh, with, with brothers and sisters in the body, all right? So, um, so we'll see how that goes, all right? so But anyway, so that's kind of what we're leading up to. Um, but this week, we're actually talking very specifically about what we've been trying to sort of move towards and asking the question, what does it look like to develop um, not just a private, personal prayer life, but a prayer life... Uh, with the church. And I said this last week. um, Prayer, essentially, in this, it's sort of in our world, has often been relegated to sort of the private realm. Um, You know, we think about personal prayer. You know, you keep a prayer journal and things like that, which is not a bad thing. Okay, but, but what does it mean if we really take seriously that the church is the primary means for what we call Christian sanctification? If that is the case, then where should praying be mostly happening? Here. Yeah, here, right? With, 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 other, with other believers. And um, which is kind of flipped, right? Because most of the time we think of prayer kind of in the, sort of in the personal, and then we kind of bring it out once in a while into, the, into a group, and then we kind of go back into our, into kind of our closet. And there is a, and there is a, there is a reason why um, Jesus talks about going to a, praying, pray, a prayer closet when you pray, right? Because he's, he is warning against praying to be seen, right? Praying to be seen rather than praying to be real, right? And so what we want to do in some ways is to kind of recover some of that. Um, so last week I said there are three aspects um, that, we, that we're going to, that, that, we, that we want to recover. But um, I'm gonna get Errol, um, and Errol Castens is helping me out with this class. He's, I've asked him to kind of read scripture. Uh, Errol actually leads our prayer ministry team here at Christ Press, and, uh, and if that is something that you are interested in participating, uh, talk to him. Um, glad to talk to me, um, but, but, but I'm going to get him to read the, our sort of our focus passage for our, for our class, all right? And, we're, and, and our sort of our theme uh, scripture, if you will, on prayer is from Ephesians three. So I'm gonna get Errol to read this portion uh, for us um, and just to kind of remind us about what we are actually kind of shooting
1: for, all right, all right. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Ephesians three fourteen through 19.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, so, 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 if, so if you keep that scripture in your, in, kind of in front of you right now, okay? So verse 14, Paul. this is Paul is adopting a posture of prayer. And I said this last week, half the book of Ephesians is actually prayer. Okay, not about prayer, but it's Paul praying, right? So whole, whole, almost the, the, the chapter, chapter three, uh, almost all of chapter one um, is basically essentially Paul praying for the Ephesian church, all right? And so, In other words, Paul is adopting the posture of prayer, um, but he's praying this for the church. Okay, I mean for the Ephesian church. Okay, and by extension, us, right? And as as New Testament believers. Okay, but if you read, but if you if you look through that passage, there's a couple of things I want you to sort of kind of underline, um, because a lot of times they kind of there are things that we don't normally um, resonate with. Okay, and and a lot of it I think has to do with the fact that, again, not a knock on Presbyterians. Okay, um, I am one, all right, and most of you are as well, all right. But depending on what your, um, your church background is, and and a lot of it is sort of our response to sort of charismatic Pentecostal type of experiences or, or events or and things like that. And there's a lot that we can say about it. But I think one of the things that has often got downplayed in our circles um, is the value or significance of what we would call Christian experience, all right? And and a lot of it, and a lot of it, so what happens is we are much more, sometimes a little bit more cerebral. Um, You know, we, we, we wanna get our theology right, which is good, right? We want to, we're about knowledge, right? We want to be taught. I mean, we have a Sunday school class, right? I mean, we're not praying. We have a Sunday school class about prayer, right? I mean, that that, that says something, right? But what I'm saying is, if you go back and you read Ephesians 3, everything that's in that scripture passage is Paul praying that the Ephesian Christians would experience all the things that are already true of them, okay? It's not for something that they don't have. But it's something that they would experience and know as part of their Christian life that they actually have. All right. So that's why you look at the phrases like things like that they would know Christ in the inner man or the inner person. That they would have the fullness of God. Do they already have the Holy Spirit? Yes. Are they already loved by God? Yes. Okay. All of those things are already true of them. All right. The question is, he wants them to actually experience it, and that's what he's praying for. All right, and so that's why I said last week. If there's one thing that we, there's a couple of things that we need to recover. All right. One is the significance. How do we recover a true biblical idea sense of Christian experience? All right, because that right in, in some ways we 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 want that, and I'm and I'm going to argue that that happens. Um, by praying together, okay? Secondly, we also said last week that we also need to recover a proper way of talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, Because what happens sort of in our circles, again, um, we are very comfortable talking about Jesus, okay? But all of those things that are true about Jesus will only remain a concept or a historical reality and not really part of your experience if, if there is no Holy Spirit. Okay? So, if you went, and, and for those of you are going to the second sermon, in, in, in second service, and you hear Brian's um, message, ser- sermon, for those of you in the first service, right? We, we spend a lot of time about, about asking, what does it mean to look to Jesus? You'll sing a hymn, a song, later on in the service, or for those of you in the first service, we sang that song. Right. Look to Jesus. That will only be a concept, an idea in our heads and not something that is actually true of ourselves if there is no Holy Spirit. Okay. So in some ways, everything that we have in the Bible, all of those truths actually become lived reality for us because of because of the Holy Spirit. All right. So I think in some ways we need to recover that. And then thirdly, I said we also say how, how do we talk about power? All right and 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 you know again it, it I had I had some feedback because I said this last week okay and I said something about I said we should not be speaking about the power of prayer all right by that I did not mean that we do not need to pray all right I I did not mean that I'm I'm saying that the power has to do with how we think and talk about uh, Jesus okay. And, and I said that the Bible talks a lot about not just the cross, but it talks about the power of Jesus' resurrection. So part of our prayer, and again, our circles, we are very, we often talk about the cross, which is the center of the Christian life, and that's true. But Jesus is not on the cross, right? Jesus is not. We, we, we. That, that's not. If you, if you, if that's where you, if that's where you encounter Christ, uh, you need to go a little bit further. Okay, you need to go to the tomb. Right? Because there's an empty tomb and there's a resurrection. And the Bible talks a lot about the power of Jesus' resurrection. Okay? And so part of praying together is in some ways to say when we when we when we come, when we talk about where is the power? The power lies, the power, the power is in is in the resurrection power of Jesus. Right? The power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, all of that. Okay? So what that's where we want to go, and how, that's that's what we want to recover. All, right. all of that is kind of what we've been talking about, just to kind of reiterate. But today what I want to do is I want to spend time talking about this idea of what does it mean that how does prayer relate to sort of the church, okay? So just a couple of scripture passages, and I want to go to just some more practical things um, as, we, as we go, all right? So first is how the Old Testament and the temple relates to prayer, all right? So uh, Errol, if you can read 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 for us.
1: Whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know according to all his ways. For you, you only, know the hearts of all the children of mankind. All right.
0: We are dropping into a middle of a passage. I, I understand that. Does anybody know where we are in 1 Kings 8 by any chance? Anyone want to take a quick, quick guess? Solomon's yeah, Solomon's temple, and he's dedicating the temple, okay? And what does, Paul, uh, what, does Paul, what does Solomon do when he goes to dedicate the temple? He prays, okay? And it's a prayer, actually, where, where, where we landed it's kind of, there are seven things prior to this, and the format is like this. If your people blank, then when they come to the temple and pray, then Lord, you do blank. Okay? Seven times it does that, and what you just read was sort of the accumulation of it. Okay? But essentially, what, what Solomon is doing is saying that the temple is the place where heaven and earth meet. Okay? That has always been sort of the pattern. In the Old Testament, it was localized. You had to go to a place, okay? And that's where you met. Now, the problem, of course, in the the Old Testament was the temple was characterized by a lot of other things, right? But the way it was designed was that it was meant to be a place of prayer. That's why, actually, Jesus actually, and the prophet Isaiah, and then Jesus reiterates it when he says that my house, referring to the temple will be called a house of prayer for all the nations okay but here's the kicker right here's the difference when Jesus is talking about my house or my temple will be called a house of prayer what is he what is he referring to what's the temple in the New Testament it's himself okay it's his body okay why do we pray in Jesus' name? Why is it that we, in the, in, as Christians, right, today, when we pray, we always say we come to the Father through the Son? Because that is where God meets us, right? In the person of Jesus, right? That's why we pray in Jesus' name, okay? So, so in other words, that, that, right, it's not, this is not how we are supposed to like culturally, we're supposed to close every prayer, right? And so we, we kind of do it. No, the sort of the structure, right, is the fact that Jesus now is the means by which we come. Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's the, like the 2.0 of that, right? If Jesus is the temple, how does the Bible describe us? We are the temple, right? In other words... When you when we talk about prayer in some ways, it's not only linked to the person of Jesus, it's also also linked to the people of God. Okay? That's that vertical, right? That's the vertical and the horizontal dimension when it comes to prayer. Right? It's not only that we are praying through Jesus, but we are praying with believers. All right, and those two things are brought together in the New Testament. Okay, let me give you, and I'm I'm just kind of giving you things that are often common that you might have heard. But here's something else, and I want you to see what you pick up on. All right, Uh, can you read Luke 11, 1 through 4 for us?
1: Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation.
0: All right. The Lord's Prayer. Singular or plural? Plural. Right? Have you ever thought about that, right? The Lord's Prayer is like, give us, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us, not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, okay? Right? I I don't know if you've ever picked up on that, right? The fact that the Lord's Prayer is written, in one sense, you can't pray it by yourself. Is that weird? Yeah, Yeah. Right? Uh, And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do it every week, right? It's one of the things where we, whenever we close our pastoral prayer, we always pray it together. But in one sense, if you would take it literally, you really can't pray the Lord's Prayer by yourself. All right? Okay? So it's not, not, please don't stop doing that if you're doing that already. I'm not not saying that. I'm just just trying to make a point here that a lot of times we come across these sort of things and we personalize it but we also end up privatizing it. We always kind of make it something that we do on our own. And yet, when Jesus actually tells us and teaches us something that is so central to our Christian sort of experience, right, the Lord's Prayer, he, he, he actually tell, tells them, when you all pray, say this. Okay? And I don't know how fast you can pray the Lord's Prayer. I think it's like 15 seconds, if you really want to do it, right? All right, so 15 seconds, 25, if you're like, a slow talker, but for the most part, right, it won't won't take you more than 30 seconds to pray through the Lord's Prayer, all right? And so, and and what Jesus is not just emphasizing is not just the content of the prayer, but also the context of the prayer, both, right? Not just what you pray, but that's why it says, when you all pray, right? It's not just say this, but say this, with other people, with other, with, we, we, we say it all together, okay? All right, all right. so again, with things that we often overlook, okay? Now there's a lot more that we can say about what, what it means and what is the significance of coming together. I'm just gonna pick one aspect that the Gospels point out. Again, all of this is coming from Paul Miller's book, all right, he talks about different themes uh, about what does it mean when we come together to prayer? To pray, and one, one aspect that that that, we, that, we, that may not that you may not have thought about is that prayer and rest go together. Okay, prayer and rest. Okay, and so I'm gonna so we're gonna look at this passage here in Luke 22, um, and this is when Jesus is in the garden and he's praying and he's about to go to the cross. Okay but I want you to see how Luke describes the contrast between Jesus and the disciples, all right? Um, and, I did not, and I often just glossed over this until I was looking at it and, and, and studying the book together and, with, and, and, and this thing came out. But uh, Errol, can you re- read for Luke 22?
1: And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. All right. Question. Why were the disciples sleeping? What does it
0: say? Sleeping for what? Sorrow. Everyone were like, I, that had, I don't know if it had struck you, but I had never thought about that, right? In other words, was Jesus sorrowful? Was he in anguish? Yeah, right? In other words, you've got the disciples who are sorrowful and then Jesus who is sorrowful, right? I, look, I, every time I read about this, it's always like, oh, those disciples, right? Not, not enough caffeine. They needed a little pick-me-up, right? Whatever, okay? It's all about the fact that they were sleeping, all right? Look at that, all right? Lazy people, all right? People who pray and then you've got the lazy people who are sleeping over there, all right? Now, that is not because, look. In the story, both of them are dealing with their sorrow in different ways, okay? Now, I am not against taking a nap, all right, or sleeping. That is not what this is about, all right? This is not a contrast between sleeping and not sleeping. It is the contrast between how we deal with sorrow, okay, all right? And, and, what, and, what, and what Miller talks about, it, I think this is interesting, right? Because a lot of times, I'm not saying that prayer is not hard work. Okay, I'm not saying that. However, a lot of times, when we think of rest, we don't think about it as praying. Okay? But notice how the comfort of God is given to Jesus. Right, there's something supernatural. Right, it describes his, like this like angel that's strengthening him and, and things like that. Right, there's something supernatural that he is getting as it pertains to his sorrow and anguish. Okay, the disciples are getting something too. Right, a little shut eye, like forty winks. Okay, okay, also needed. Not to say it's un- un- unnecessary, but what but what is what is lacking is sort of the the, the sort of the, the supernatural aspect of God's presence and rest for their sorrow, right? God's comfort for their sorrow, okay? So in some ways, what, what we're saying is, right. They, and Miller talks about this, it, it, it's not a, a lot of times we kind of we, we make prayer work, and then I was like, man, I gotta go take a nap after this, okay? Rather than saying that where we, where we experience the comfort of the Lord right, something supernatural from God is when we pray together, okay? Um, and so, and, and, and I think that's kind of what we are trying to develop, all right? This is sort of big picture vision, if you will, all right? And we're praying for this, I'm praying for this, okay? Is that, that all of us would, in some ways, find that in our church, Okay, not, so, when, when, so not only a place, not only when we, when we talk about a, a prayer meeting, not only a place where I go to pray, but where I go to be prayed for. Okay, in some ways, we want, we want this church to be that place. All right now, I understand that's not going to happen everywhere, all the time, okay, Again, big picture, but in some ways we are saying, you know what, I need rest. I'm going to find somebody to pray with, <laughs> all right? Um, and so that, that is in some ways what we are, and that is just one theme, okay, as we're, as we're sort of exploring this, but that's what we, if there's one, if there's a vision that we're trying to paint about, about prayer, um, I think that's, that, that's one thing. All right, let me, let, let, let me close with some practical things, all right? And, and, and there's a whole chapter in the book about this, but, and the title of the book is The Weirdness of Prayer, okay, all right, so here, here's the thing, all right, here's, a, here, here's what, here, and, and, the whole, and the whole deal is this, okay, for a lot of people, praying with other people is just plain weird, okay, it's, it's, just, it's just something that we have a hard time doing, okay, um, and, and, and there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, and he kind of talks about a few things, but but, but the whole, the, the, but the point is that it's something that we don't do because it makes us uncomfortable. Um, or it's, and that's the over-spiritualizing part, or it becomes so mundane that we get bored. Okay? And so there's an under, under-spiritualizing of it. And he talks about these things, all right? So, um, and so he gives a couple of <laughs> examples, but one, one example of this under-spiritualizing is he talks about this, I think it's his daughter-in-law, and she's in a small group prayer, right? And it's like, everybody's like sharing prayer requests, okay, um, and he was saying like, you know, there's a difference between sharing prayer requests and reporting, um, and he says a lot of times, people's prayer requests end up just being reports, okay? So, um, but, but so, you know, so they go around the circle, and he comes to this, to, comes to this fella, and he, says, and he says, hey, pray that I will get my air conditioner Repaired this week is what he says, right? Okay, so it goes on to the sister, the, the, the sister-in-law. I said and the sister. I think that sorry, his, his daughter-in-law, and I think she's a brand new Christian, you know. And so she's like, "Do you need money to repair your to, to get an air conditioner?" I like, no, "No, no, I don't need money. It's like, are you having a trouble finding a repairman." I was like, "No, I got a repairman," and she says, "I'm not going to pray for that," <laughs> right? And 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 she says like, "He says." What am I asking God for? All right. So uh, essentially what, he, what he's saying, and, 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 and this guy is so embarrassed, so he says, all right, let me, let me think of that for a second. All right? And then, and then he actually, he comes up with something that is, actually, <laughs> that is actually genuine, like something that is authentic. All right? And, 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 and Miller's point is this, all right? He, he says a lot of times when we talk about uh, this idea of asking for prayer, a lot of it, can't, there's a lot of reasons why we don't share. Okay, One, we, we right, trust is something that is not easily uh, given and, and received, right, there's a lot of things like that, and so we feel like we can't share all our, the, the difficult things with a group of people, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, and that's all, that's all a given, okay, so that we, we, let, let's set that aside. But, but also, also in some ways, um, we, we, we don't, it's not that we don't believe that God exists. We don't pray as if he does. Um, in, in other words, it's, it's like, what is it that we want God to do for you? Right? Have you ever noticed that in the Gospels, that's one of the reasons that Jesus, whenever somebody comes and asks for to be healed, what's one of the que- first questions that Jesus asks? What do you want, what do you want me to do for you? And you always think, it should be pretty obvious to the Son of God that of what exactly is needed, all right? Who was that question for? The person, right? In some ways, that's a question that we ask, when we, when we come to God, it's like, what is it that I want God to do for me, or for us, or for so-and-so, all right? And, and I think that's sort of, the, sort of the growing, if you will, all right? So that's sort of the under-spiritualizing problem. The over-spiritualizing problem is sort of this idea that we feel like we have to say things in a particular way or we feel like I am not very good at doing it. Um, And so somehow we feel like we we cannot pray. Okay? And so we have made it into sort of this thing that becomes something that only a few people can do. All right? And so what happens is in a group, right, you have, one person who's really, you know, maybe, they, maybe they've, they use a lot of words or whatever. And again, it doesn't have to be like, you know, they're not trying to be verbose or something. But it makes the other people like, well, I can't pray like that, so I'm not, you know. And so we, we, it's easy to kind of shut that down. And so if at any point that has been communicated, right, that in some ways I, I think we sort of, we, you know, we, we need to do something about that. Right, because essentially prayer is not a gift. Right, remember prayer, prayer is, right, prayer is breathing. <laughs> the, book, the quote in the book is, prayer is breathing, not flossing. Right, it's not something that you kind of do, it's something, right, it's not something that some, some people choose to do and some people don't choose to do. Right, so in some ways it's what we're saying. Right, it's not that it's a gift. And then the third thing that he says is that it needs to be coupled with, with love. Right, in some ways, it's that both of those things get coupled because if not, what we end up is what we end up, what, 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 what always ends up we having, we, we end up with pseudo-community, right? Kind of fake, all right? And people can see that, right? And so we, you know, so sometimes we can over-spiritualize and just say things like, I'll pray for you, and that never happens, right? Um, and if there is something that I, we want to move towards, okay, is a, it's moving from praying for people to moving to praying with people. And sometimes I know that's not always possible, right? I mean, we're not sometimes in the physically in the same space. What if you hear about somebody, a sick child, and you can't go to that person, right? I think one way that you can say is, rather than saying, I'll pray for you, actually type out the prayer in the text and send it to them, right? Just just saying, this is what I am praying for you tonight, right? So whatever you are going to pray verbally in your house, put that in there and let them actually hear it or read it, All right. And, and in some ways, that's really what we're saying, right? We're saying, I really care about this person. I'm not just saying this just to be nice, but I really want them to know that, I'm, that, that I love them, I really care for them, and therefore, this is why I'm praying for them, right? And those two things go together. Right, and I think in some ways, if we grow in that, I think it moves from sort of this nice, being nice, to actually being real, right? And we're talking about that. All right, questions, comments, as we as we wrap up this this the second lesson here. No, I think I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but next next week we you talk about. So David's question is about the how how specifically do we need to talk about the Holy Spirit? Okay. you need to read the book, all right? So, but uh, but because there's a whole chapter in there. Uh, look, I, I'm not I'm not trying to punt, but I, but we next week we will talk about this when we talk about uh, sorry in two weeks when we talk about the church and kingdom, oh, sorry prayer in the kingdom, um, because in the book of Acts you can't you can't get away without talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And that's that's that that the whole the whole chapter in the book already talks about talks about that. But but all but all that to say is when we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. The simplest way is to say that everything that is already true of you, everything, and we're talking about people who are Christians, right? People who are um, not, just, not just becoming a Christian, right? We know the Holy Spirit is involved in that, the new birth, being born again, all of that. But in terms of our Christian experience, okay? Everything that is already yours in Christ becomes comes home to you as part of your Christian experience only because of the Holy Spirit. That's the simplest way that I can summarize that. So, how do you? So, how, so of course, how does that how does that happen? Right. I think what we're saying is when you engage in prayer, right? In, 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 when we pray together, and we are, how is it that that is not just me just uttering empty words? That is there's actually something supernatural happening there? It's because of the Holy Spirit, right? It's because of the Holy Spirit, right? You are engaged in a supernatural activity because of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, let me say this as we're running out of time. We, um, in our culture, people are very comfortable with talking about spirituality, cap small s, all right? We, We are talking about spirituality with big S, okay? And there's a difference, all right? Because a lot of times, remember I said when we talk about prayer, just saying you pray or it doesn't really say much, okay? Saying you meditate doesn't say much. Right, I, it, All of that has become sort of this lingo culturally that everybody's like, wow, wonderful. That's a very spiritual person. OK. Um, that says nothing about your your Christian identity if, you, if, if, we, if we talk like that. Right, And so what we are trying to recover is saying we don't want to become secular. It's like, oh, I'm not I don't I don't do all that. No. Right. And as Christians, we talk about prayer in a real way. We talk about the Holy Spirit in a real way. And that's what we're trying to recover as we're talking about this. So not small S but capital S spirit. Anything else? Any other comments? Ward against, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it ends up becoming empty words. Right? Becomes empty words. And I think that's I think that's sort of the if you will, if you you know, we talk about like what what becomes things that we that we do so often that we don't that it doesn't that we that it does that there's no thought given it, you know, Lord's Prayer is one of those things, right, because one of those things, it's, it's so, it's taking something sacred and making it common. Um, and I think that's true of the Christian life, right, we have a tendency of taking the most sacred things and making and treating them in common ways. So, you know, Lord, you know, the Lord's Prayer is, is one of those things. So, um, you know, so how, how, how do we change that, right? I don't know, that's for next week. Let's pray. Um, uh, no, I'm serious. Let's pray. We've got a lot of time here. Let's pray. Um, Father, we, um, Lord, I thought that is a, that's a good word to close us on, Father. As we, as we um, Lord, we do want to, we, we do want to grow um, as people of prayer, as a church that prays, as a praying church. Uh, but, Father, we know that we have, in some ways, we have not treated it in the way that it should be. Um, and yet, Lord, you have been incredibly gracious, week in and week out, uh, Father. You, um, and so, Father, we we know that only your Holy Spirit can do that work of shaping us into those who would more and more resemble Jesus. Um, and we want to, and we and, and, and we desire that. We pray. I pray that that would be the desire of every person in this room, even this morning. Um, and so, we we, we, we ask uh, as we as we leave uh, this class this morning, that the next time we offer words to you in prayer, uh, Lord, that they would be acceptable, not because of us, uh, but because of the name that we offer it. And uh, it's in the name of Jesus. Amen.